Good morning. I altered the sermon title just a little bit. It's Our Rest in a Changing World. Are you rested? Are you relaxed? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel covered? Good questions, right? As we try to answer these questions, I want you to just imagine for a moment what it would be like if you could spend the rest of your day today feeling rested, relaxed, and at peace, knowing that everything of concern is covered. If you need to, please, just for a minute, close your eyes, picture it, and imagine it as a reality, a true day of rest, relaxation, and peace. God instructs us to rest on the Sabbath and keep it holy, but do we all really adhere to that standard. I'm sure some of us will go home today and work on our house or the yard, go shopping, maybe do our homework, or work on something we brought home from our job. Doesn't sound too restful. Do we even know what true rest is? Rest is defined as cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. Most of us really don't rest much at all. Our every busy world keeps us looking for the next tax to accomplish. Our thoughts are always on what's next. We make lists and set up priorities. There's always so much to do. Our rest and relaxation and peace is also threatened by the events of the world. Our thoughts drift towards the chaos in our world today. With our modern era of technology, we're constantly inundated with news and reporting. We don't have to rely on the daily paper or the evening news anymore. We have websites and blogs, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and other social media to hear what's happening across the state, our country, and the world. News of the problems and chaos in the world now go viral, and we find it's truly hard to relax. The definition of viral has also changed in recent years. In the past, it only pertained to an infection or virus that was spread to others. Now, the definition for viral includes the spreading of an image or video on the internet rapidly. To me, in some cases, it's still an infection. A chaotic world for us is also defined by how we manage our time and how we're driven by the stresses of this world. Most of us have deadlines or our own sense of expectations that need to be met. We look at the clock and stress about getting something done or being in a place at a certain time. In a conference I attended a few years ago, I was introduced to by an author who has written some books and created some videos about our kids and anxiety. In her first book, she titled it, Anxious Kids, Anxious Parents. She addresses how parents, as parents, our anxiety and how we cope directly affects and models to our kids how to handle anxiety and stress. In other words, the thought is, if we're anxious, we telegraph this to our kids. 
In this chaos of the world, we need to listen to the gospel and truly rest and relax. We need to let go of the world and be at peace. So what protects us? What can we do to, to rest and relax and be at peace? What can cover all these needs? There's so many things in our physical world we do to cover and protect us. We have locks on our doors. We have homeowner's insurance, life insurance. We have car insurance. We put alarms on our houses or video cameras to watch what happens at our home. We pay exterminators to spray for bugs and weeds. We empower our government to enact the laws to protect us, but are we truly covered? I was thinking about Dave Hummel. He's probably nodding his head right now to life insurance. Can't see him from here. Not completely. In my office, my clients often hear me say that they need to pay attention to their own self-care. We need to fill up our glass and refresh ourselves. But if we go it alone and try to refresh without truly letting go and letting God take on our burdens and accept our anxiety and worry with this world, our glass will remain empty. With an empty glass, we're no good to anyone. We won't be a good witness. We won't have an effect, be an effective parent or an understanding friend. An empty glass puts us in survival mode. We're more irritable, anxious, fearful, and self-absorbed. On the other hand, a full glass with the help of God to strengthen us, to take on any challenge, helps us to truly be at peace. Being at peace allows us to cast all other things aside and have a clearer focus on God. An awareness of what tasks we should accomplish in His name. We see the bigger picture. With a full glass, we can be an effective witness for Christ, able to help others in mission work, to be a more effective parent, refreshing, ready to attend our kids' needs. With a full glass, we can be an effective friend, mindful of cues from them that something might be wrong and our awareness to help to attend to that. Overall, with a full glass from the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be more positive and optimistic. Our mood will shine through and be an example for others. In our gospel reading for today, we heard in Matthew, picking up at verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our rest is in Christ. It's for our souls. Years ago, Kim and I moved here with our family from Southern California. At first, I had no opinion about Albuquerque. I didn't see Albuquerque in my master plan, though. Now I have come to appreciate this place. In Southern California, I lived in smog for years. For two years, I lived in Loma Linda, California, for the better, and for the better part of those years, I could never see the mountains. The terrain in Loma Linda is like a funnel that tapers down to a spot right at Loma Linda. The smog pushes up from LA and chokes off any ability to see the sky. 
Once I had a conversation with a doctor who was a resident at Loma Linda Hospital, and he told me living and breathing the air in Loma Linda on a bad smog day is like smoking two packs of cigarettes. On one occasion in these two years, I remembered that we had a severe storm. The rain was heavy. As I stepped outside after the storm, I looked up and I could see Big Bear Mountain Range for the first time in a year. Now, I know some of you who have lived here in Albuquerque might have a different opinion of the city. Some, some even call it the land of entrapment. But I have come to understand that I'm so appreciative and look up every day and experience a blue sky and beautiful mountains. I feel blessed to be here. So often in our spiritual life, we're looking down or at ground level. We aren't looking up at the beautiful heavenly sky. We aren't looking at the bigger picture. We're focused on the here and now. We lose sight of what's in store for us, our salvation, our eternal life. But if we truly embrace this and are mindful of our final destination, then we can be at peace. Knowing this, however, doesn't mean that we won't experience crisis and pain. This imperfect, chaotic, fallen world will, co will continue to pose challenges for us. But knowing Christ is with us and by our sides, it allows us to be calm in our stressful and turbulent times. Now, who will work hard to keep you from looking, from looking and, and keep you down at ground level focused on this world? Satan. Satan doesn't want you to focus on Christ and your salvation. He wants you to be anxious and fearful. He wants you to be mindful of the changing, chaotic world and your daily struggles. He wants all this stress to permeate your life. He wants to breed doubt in you. He wants that doubt and hopes that it will attack your faith. If you're worried and afraid, it's easy to lose sight of what Christ has done for you. How he sacrificed himself for your sins by shedding his blood on the cross. So how do we fight the devil and his hope that we lose our faith? Our epistle reading spells out our plan. Picking up at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So here is some more detail on how we use the armor of God. The belt of truth. The truth girds that one who employs it, no one can catch such a person in a lie because there is a liberating power in each and every truth. The one who walks in the truth in all his ways will be set free. A lie, no matter how little, gives the power of darkness an opening for attack, but the truth chases them far away. The breastplate of righteousness. Truth and righteousness are very closely related. The accusation of Satan Roll off personal righteousness like water off a duck's back. The power of darkness stand ready to attack us at, least, at the least sign of unrighteousness. 
Unrighteousness gives Satan power over the one who practices it. Shoes for your feet. Verse 15 from our epistle. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. We don't get very far walking with bare feet on glass and sharp stones, let alone trying to fight a battle on terrain like that. This is why our feet must be shod, protected. Likewise, the one who brings the gospel to others must be able to suffer hardship for the sake of the gospel. He mustn't become touchy and sensitive to the, at the opposition he encounters. Like bare feet would be on glass and sharp stones. He must have his spiritual feet shod. The gospel of peace has an inherent ability to prepare us for battle. But even though it is readily available, we ourselves need to start using it as in all things. The shield of faith. Faith always goes against our temptations. In every temptation, Satan sends his flaming darts into our mind, which has the power to decide whether we obey God or give in to the temptations of the flesh. When Abraham went to the mountain Moriah to sacrifice his son Isaac, Satan's flaming darts might well have come at him in the form of words like these. What do you think Sarah would say? Her heart will probably break, and at the end of the day, a long and happy marriage will be over. You'll be a murderer. Yes, a murderer twice over. You must have misunderstood. A loving God could not possibly have given you such a commandment. That's how Satan preaches when a soul sets out to do the work of faith. In the position Abraham was in, every word would have struck him like a flaming dart. And yet Abraham had not heard wrong. He acted with boldness and valor because God had said it. And we all know what happened. Satan's flaming dart simply glanced off the shield of faith. His faith overcame Satan's attempt at doubt. The helmet and salvation and the sword of the spirit. The spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places are only too happy to make trouble for believers. When given the chance, put the helmet of salvation, but the, when given any chance, but the helmet of salvation is hard and resistant to everything that rains down upon it from the air. A jubilant soul doesn't become despondent. It is the one who is downcast who is at risk. Discouragement is unbelief but unbelief is faith in the power of Satan. Once you begin to believe in unbelief, everything goes wrong. So in faith and confidence, put the helmet of salvation tightly down upon your head and lay hold of the sword of the spirit. David's strength was not especially great, but by faith he put a stone in his slingshot and hurled it towards Goliath. A preacher once said that if Goliath's forehead had been 10 meters thick, the stone would still have penetrated. I think so too. When used in its sharpness and when administered by an enlightened understanding and the full assurance of faith, the sword of the spirit could put whole armies of evil spirits to flight. But no one can use the sword of the spirit victoriously without having put on the rest of the armor of God. Remember that we are not of this world. Our time here is temporary. Our salvation is one. 
We need to look up and know that God is in control. Casting our fears and doubts on Christ allows us to be rested, relaxed, and at peace. With this peace, we can now put on the armor of God and be grounded in the firm foundation of our salvation. With our armor, we can now be about God's work to witness and spread the gospel. Many congregations in the Lutheran Church this year are celebrating and thanking God for the ministry of Lutheran Women's Mission League. For 76 years, the LWML has been supporting mission, mission work nationally and internationally. The women truly are Lutheran women in mission, but more so they are women of encouragement. The LWML hasn't just been collecting pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters in their mite boxes. They have also been encouraging women and men in their faith to walk towards finding true rest, relaxation, and peace in God. Over 76 years of ministry, the LWML has lived through and taken on major challenges in our world, in our world and in our country. Throughout all the challenges and uncertainties, the LWML has placed their trust in God and have looked to him for direction. Their focus is in the right place. Lives have been touched through their work and people have received rest, relaxation, and peace that comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be encouraged in our own witness by the witness and example of the LWML. There are people all around us that struggle with insecurity and doubt in this fast-changing, chaotic world. We all need to show others what true rest and peace can be, to offer them an awareness of our God who gave, who gave his son for them. I felt it important to emphasize today the mission statement of the LWML. It reads, the mission of the Lutheran Women's Mission League is to assist each woman of the LCMS in affirming her relationship with a triune God so that she is enabled to use her gifts in ministry to the people of the world. On a personal note, I'm able to say that I've seen this ministry firsthand over the years in the involvement of my mother and what that has had with this ministry. I've also seen the LWML and how they have granted money to many struggling ministries, to seminary students, and to support various ways that Christians can spread the good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in ending today, take a minute and imagine that you are rested, relaxed, and at peace, grounded in the knowledge that you have placed all your earthly burdens at the foot of the cross, grounded in the firm foundation of Christ's salvation, equipped with the armor of God, and prepared to resist Satan equipped to spread the gospel to everyone with a glass that is poured full by the grace of God and prepared to deal with a chaotic, changing world. Amen.